Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. This is RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. In the early 1950s, road racing along the public streets and country roads around Wisconsin was a big deal. Long circuits, six, seven, eight miles. But in 1952, an accident brought all of that to the end. By 1955, what we know now as Road America had been carved into the rolling green countryside just outside Elkhart Lake. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindorf and this is the IMSA iRacing Pro Series and we're at the longest track that IMSA competes on, right in the middle of dairy country outside Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, beautiful place to go at any time of the year and one of the most challenging pieces of tarmac anywhere in the States, therefore anywhere in the world. And a tad over four miles, there are 14 corners, long run from the green flag down to turn one, and that's much quicker than you think. The middle straight, downhill braking area into turn five, the left-hander behind the pits, tough to get that one right. Same sort of idea into turn eight before the long carousel, and then flat out blast through the kink down to Canada corner, and again, a slightly downhill braking. Try to take as much momentum as you can through Canada Corner because you're going all the way uphill then to the start-finish line. Well, 50 drivers from IMSA with a couple of very special guests as well. Robert Wickens joining us, Braz Keselowski uh, from the world of NASCAR as well. Uh, Robert Wickens, of course, did uh, drive in Formula BMW, which I think was an IMSA Sanctuary series. But then uh, we're hearing that potentially we're not going to get Brad Keselowski uh, in this race. That's a shame for the uh, number two uh, team, Penske Ford. Before we get into the race itself, as the countdown clock comes to just under eight minutes, let's welcome in a very special guest indeed. In the real world, and therefore in the virtual world as well, I suppose, the home track of WeatherTech Racing, and therefore Cooper McNeil, is Road America. Cooper, welcome to the broadcast. And uh, first, I've got to ask you the question, first of all, why aren't you racing? <laughs> uh, because my simulator is in pieces, and it's—I uh, ordered it uh, about a week and a half ago. Obviously, too late, but uh, it's on the way, so uh, I should be should be there soon enough. Cooper, it's uh, it's always a nice it's always nice for you guys from WeatherTech Racing to go to America's National Park of of Speed. It is literally just up the road from the center of the the WeatherTech organization. Yeah, my home track, uh, about two and a half hours north of Chicago. Uh, I grew up going to Road America, watching my dad race up there in the SCCA days when uh, when he used to race, and got a lot of, uh, of history there. Uh, very special place to me. Uh, it's a second home, home away from home, essentially. And uh, yeah, it should be should be a pretty good race tonight. I'm looking forward to watching. And how's things going at WeatherTech at the moment? It's a difficult time for everybody in the business world. You're very proudly uh, a USA-based company. And, uh, you know, business at the moment, how do you make it work? Can you make it work? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult uh, with the with the lockdowns and the shutdowns uh, as everybody's experiencing. It's not just us, um, but uh, uh, you know, it's important more so now than ever to support the American economy, support the American worker, the American infrastructure, and uh, it's uh, it's something that we've been doing uh, since day one. Uh, we've been designing, manufacturing. Uh, engineering our products right here in America. And, and uh, since the pandemic started, we've been uh, designing and engineering uh, tooling to uh, manufacture uh, low-cost, high-quality, disposable face shields, actually, for personal um, protective equipment. Uh, and the tooling should be done very soon, and we should be uh, to market with, the, with, our, with our face shields uh, shortly thereafter. Brilliant stuff, mate, and well done for jumping in uh, on the effort. Can I can I make one personal plea, please, as an international potential customer for WeatherTech? The cleverest thing I've ever seen is your mobile phone holder that slips into the cup holder of a car. And I we need some of those in Europe, mate. It, it is the most brilliantly simple idea. And as soon as you see it, you go, why didn't I think of it? And you guys did. I, I want them in Europe, please. <laughs> weathertech.com we ship to Europe my friend <laughs> ok you can bring one to the track when I see you let's finish up with some racing talk then um, when do we see WeatherTech Racing back on track as soon as IMSA gets going is it the plan that you guys are going and I've got to ask you about Le Mans a lot of USA based teams in the real world uh, are withdrawing from Le Mans Corvette have done it and the works uh, USA Porsche have done it. Uh, you've got a Ferrari entered in Le Mans in September. Are you still planning to go, assuming we can go? Absolutely. I mean, anytime you can uh, can go to Le Mans, especially with your own entry like we have this year, it's a very special thing and you have to take advantage of it. So if and when we do race this year, um, hopefully we go to Le Mans. Obviously, I'd like to go back there. I've uh, done the race six times, finished on the podium twice, and had uh, multiple top five finishes. So I'm really looking forward to going back there. Uh, to answer your first question, when do, when are we going to see WeatherTech racing car back on track in real life? Uh, I, I'd love to love to be able to answer that for you, John. But uh, the reality is, is we got to wait for, for the good word from IMSA and uh, to get back to racing as quickly and as, as soon as possible. That's really, really the most important thing. Okay, we say hi to the rest of the WeatherTech racing and the WeatherTech family for me. I'll see you at the track soon enough, I hope. Cheers, mate. Cooper McNeil joining us live here in the WeatherTech Presents IMSA Racing at Road America. Let's take a look at the grid as we are getting very close to the green flag. It was uh, very, very tight at the front. Look at the times. Rodrigo Fluka, 2 minutes, 0.012 for 4 miles. That's 120 mile an hour average. Even I can do that arithmetic. Nick Tandy, 2 minutes, 0.2. 84 of a second. It's another Porsche and Ford battle on row two with Ian Chan Guven uh, on the inside and then Kenton Cook on the outside. Richard Highstand in the number 11 Ford is on the inside of row three with Connor De Filippi, the first of the BMWs, only in sixth position. Then it's Jesse Cron and Robbie Foley in all BMW row four for the one of the works cars and of course the Turner BMW, the 96 uh, yellow and Blue car, Nicky Katzberg for BMW and Bruno Spengler, another old BMW row, row five. Then it's Philip Eng and John Edwards. Guess what? That's another BMW row as well. So 
the Munich cars are massing behind the front rows. Richard Westbrook for Ford is alongside Shinya Mishimi, also in the Ford, the sort of bright purple coloured car. Then it's Augustin Canapino, the Argentinian, Juncos Racing, the number 66, alongside um, the Mazda Works driver, Harry Tinknell, driving a Multimatic Ford here. Kyle Masson is on the inside of row nine with Philippe Albuquerque. Welcome back to Philippe, Philippe again as well. Earl Bamba making his debut in the IMSA iRacing Challenge has Sebastian Prio in the Triple One Multimatic Ford alongside him. Then Lawrence Van Tour. Well, normally they race together. Well, they're line astern here with Tristan Nunez, who just got his race rig this week and is in an iRacing event for the first time. Jonathan Bomarito and Matt Bell for the number 71 Urban Grid machine next up. Then Daniel Morad and Tristan Fortier. Shane Van Giesbergen, not a great qualifier here. Down on the row 14 with Alessandro Balzan, the Ferrari next to his BMW. Mirko Bortolotti, the Triple Eight Ford. He must have missed a couple of laps there to be that far back. AJ Allmendinger on the outside of row 15 in 30th position. And we're only two-thirds of the way through. Aaron Tealitz and Jax Hawksworth are together on row 16. Jeff Seagal for Ferrari and Colin Brown on 17. 18, Philippe Inaza. Welcome back to Philippe. And Misha Goikberg. Uh, in the number 57 alongside him. Corey Lewis and Matt Griffin. Matt Griffin making his IMSA iRacing de- debut. The uh, affable Irishman for, who lives now in the centre of England driving the Reese 62 car. Riley Dickinson and Robert Wickens. Great effort by Robert on the outside of row 20 for his first time out in IMSA. Roman De Angelis, Porsche specialist on row 21 alongside Will Hardeman, the man from Texas, another Porsche driver there on row 21. Getting towards the back of the grid now with Parker Chase and Ben Keating. There's another new name, Ben, in this event for the first time. Then Joel Miller and Dylan Murray. Michael De Casada as well. Welcome to him. He's alongside Townsend Belt. And then that is the end because we've got a couple of spare places at the back. So that's how the grid will line up. Uh, Let's take a quick look before we get down to the grid itself at our Porsche keys to the race. It's John Hindhoff with Ben Constantjuris and Nick Damon. Get smart early. Well, those at the front of the field, Ben, have done exactly that. Now they've got to convert that into a steady but quick and pretty sensible first few laps. And you touched on it earlier. That first corner is a difficult one to go side by side and a real magnet for trouble. So certainly the first couple of corners with so many cars on track, very important to keep clean. You bend it, you bought it. Nick, I'm not asking you to put your money on the table, but if you pick up damage here, it will affect performance. Even if we can't always see the damage on iRacing, particularly on the fast straights, aero problems here could really cost you. A dink, a little bang. It doesn't seem very much. Graphically, it can mean very little, but it will take the edge off the car. I mean, just for an example, I was running a race in uh, Monza. I got a, a side swipe, which only seemed to uh, to damage the wheel arch, but that took a second and a half off my slow time to begin with. So imagine what we do to these top drivers. <laughs> Speed is king here. That's another Porsche key to the race and how people set their cars up, either for the 
top speed, VMAX as they'll be calling it, or a little bit more stability through the fast corners. That'll be interesting. Don't be a fuel. You can't afford, Ben, to get it wrong here because the run to the pit lane is all uphill. And if you run out of fuel, you're not going to be able to coast it in. There will be no coasting up into pit lane. Make sure your numbers are correct. There'll be a lot of work from both pro drivers, uh, pro iRacing drivers helping their work teams. I can see Alexander Voss for BMW, uh, Maximilian Benike, who is the best iRacing driver in the Ten world. Ten Benike. Uh, he's helping out Porsche. Oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, uh, Alex Voss is... is, uh, is one of the guys who mentors the BMW and 10k Benike, we call him 10k Benike because he has a more than 10k rating or at least he did up until recently he may have slightly crashed his rating recently and the tyres we always say that Nick it's become a bit of a, a trademark for us but it seems like again here at Road America it's going to be an important one who has got grip from the Michelins at the end of the race yeah, it's 28 seconds in the pits to change the tyres, so therefore if you come out and you've got 45 minutes, you've got almost exactly 23, 24 laps, so you've got to hope that they are you know, a second and a half faster, or, more importantly, are the old ones a second and a half slower as they go off? We've seen one track in uh, Laguna Seca where there's been a problem and the tyres have died. The other three, the car's been able to do the whole race easily. Personally, I think this is going to be close to Laguna Seca than in Ohio, it may be worth the gamble, especially if things go wrongly. And don't forget, that competition yellow could make it a no-brainer for some people. Yeah, and I wonder how many people might just hang on and hope that the competition yellow comes at the right time for them. We did see an early stop by Shane Van Gisbergen last time out at Mid-Ohio, but that is a very, very different character of circuit, just two and a quarter miles. Here, we've got a full four miles. Temperatures... Well, track temp over 85 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the mid-20s centigrade. The air temperature, five or six Fahrenheit underneath that, so low 20s. Mostly cloudy, and that will make a difference. And remember, we say this every time, but it's important for new people coming to that as we look at the weather tech weather conditions. If the sun comes out and the track temperature goes up, it will make a difference to the tyre degradation and how the cars handle and how they use their rubber. The other thing is that this circuit started off absolutely clean when we were doing practicing and qualifying. It hasn't been swept virtually or actually, so there will be a build-up of tyre debris off the racing line. And there's some parts of this track where there is literally only one line to play with. John, we've got a little bit of news from pit lane. We lost Will Hardman. He's had an internet issue. And Mirko Bartolotti has not entered the race either. So uh, two drivers not entering the race at all. And now two drivers having technical issues and not getting into the race proper. The lights are out on the Porsche safety car. It's Nick Damon and me, John Heindorf. Ben's going to be keeping an eye on the pits and some of the battles further down the field he can swap around he's got his own iRacing rig that he is watching on we'll watch the director's cut put together by the fantastic team over in Boston Massachusetts headed up by Drew Adamson and the rest of the guys Cisco and Alex with him tonight on duty 
the Porsche safety car. Pace car as it is now. Safety cars it will become in the competition yellow will peel off to the right-hand side. Then the field is under the control of Rodrigo Fluke in the dark-coloured Ford on driver's right. He's got the inlet side. Oh, he's gone for it early! And he's nailed the throttle! And he caught Tandy napping there. Round the outside, the bright purple Ford of Kenton Cook looked to be getting a decent run as well. It's a long run down to that first corner, but Fluke has really caught them all off guard there. They were all napping round the outside. Here comes Kenton Cook. Now, he had a net cord issue at the start of the race at Mid-Ohio, and he wasn't able really to recover from that. He could have done so much better. Got a decent top six finish, but he could have done so much better. He settles in between the two works Porsches into third position. So it's Fluka, Tandy, Cook, Ayn-Chan Guven, then Richie Highstand and Conor de Filippi in the first of the BMWs coming in sixth position. Highstand in the number 11 fourth. The great, oh, the touch! Oh. And that is Cook going out. Kenton Cook looked to get a touch from... Goofen, One of the porches was a Goovin. Yes, it was Goovin going down in the braking area, turn five. Oh, dear. Kenton's had no luck at all. There goes uh, Westbrook in the light blue and orange Ford coming through turn number six and on towards turn seven, in fact. So absolute mayhem. This, Yeah, this is always the most dangerous part of a, of a rolling start within iRacing because... You've got, especially with the tyres are warming up, you've got different people doing different speeds at different parts of the track, and it is very easy to tag someone very slightly. I think that what Goofin did it wasn't a, bit, a big tag, but when you tag the cars in the first couple of laps, they are very effective on an edge, on a balance, and it's easy to turn them round. The guy who tags tends to get away with it. Unfortunately, person gets hit straight in the wall, and, you know, effectively, Kenton isn't going to win this race. He's now got a recovery drive. As we said in the Porsche Keys to the race, you bend it, you've bought it, or at least your chances of a good result have taken a beating. And they may have bought it, certainly. BMWs running in the just outside the top five. And there's, what, four of them all lying astern. But the top five... Oh, actually, no, we've still Spengler, got... Spengler, Spengler's got past uh, yes. Condit Felipe, so he's made up a couple of positions. Well, Felipe's sure. dropped down to 10th. He was in ah, sixth. Felipe's been squeezed out. As, as they all came together in turn one, it, the, uh, the uh, Fluka's great start um, is what actually you want to see because you actually want to try to get as close to single file as quickly as possible because otherwise people get shuffled down mainly because they don't want to have that first half accident. Sometimes discretion is a better part of valour and that appears to be what Conor Felipe has been suffering from. At IMSA Radio, gets you straight to the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre which is where Nick Damon... Ben Constanturis and myself, John Hindorf, are calling the race from. We're split up. We've got uh, more than our two metres, six foot six, <laughs> between us at the moment. In fact, I think Matt Griffin is closer to me than either of you two are uh, at the <laughs> at the moment. Only but only by a street or so. Oh, side Ooh. by side action with three BMWs heading up under the Corvette Bridge and, to and turn Conde number Fli- six. Nick and Conde Filippi did sweep down the at the inside of turn five and get past Bruno there. So he's made that place back up against Spengler going backwards. Right. What happened to Kenton Cook? He's in between the two works. Porsches, Tandy and Goven. He looks to the outside. Oh, Goven just did give him a tap. 
Light, Coover, lightest light, it yeah. was the lightest. But you're going downhill there, Nick. You know how unsettled the yep. car is. You've driven round here. In front. Oh, and Ooh. then he gets picked oh. up by a by, spinning Whelan car. Whelan car. And he gets hit by the Porsche number 76, I think that was. It, was a, no, it wasn't it was the 76. But, uh, so that was uh, not one bit of damage, but two extra pieces of damage as well. That's, that, that is the definition of very bad luck. <laughs> uh, and I presume, Ben, that Kenton has come into the pits at the end of the first lap another uh, really really b big bit of bad luck for kenton cook uh, in the early running here as we saw exactly the same he had uh, contact in the early part of the mid ohio event it doesn't look like he has actually we had townsend bell in pit lane and roman de angelis uh, we had a couple of ferraris facing the wrong way at the back of the field both joe miller and matt griffin had very very bad starts Ben Keating uh, also having a difficult start. He's now down in 40th position. Uh, and another man who we'd expect to see at the front of the field, Shinji Mashimi, uh, he is way down the field as well. Rodrigo Fluca has made good his escape. Robbie Foley's got Richard Highstand in the green and Tangerine Ford ahead of him and Jesse Kron in the BMW behind him. The turn of BMW in the yellow and blue colours exactly as uh, we would see it in real life. And a little message if you uh, if you've been watching <laughs> the Turner uh, if you've been watching the Turner uh, Twitter feed, uh, there have been a little bit of a carbon fibre magnet in races recently, and um, it's worth having a look at their Twitter feed for the new part of that, and that's another Andy Blackmore livery as well. Lawrence Vantour, 20th uh, at the moment, and he's battling with Tristan Nunez in the Ford ahead of him, and Shane Van Gisberg at 21st in the 97 car is behind him. The Invasa Sullivan car very easily picked out there, and he's got Fords in front of him all over the place. Uh, it's Prior, Albuquerque, Daniel Morad, four Fords battling in front of the AVS, the Mvassa Sullivan. Now, those guys don't run BMWs in IMSA. They run the Lexus in GT Daytona, but we're running GT Le Mans here, and there is no GT Le Mans at Lexus at the moment. So they've transferred their colour schemes onto the BMW, and it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Four Fords then battling, then the Mvassa Sullivan BMW, then Lawrence Vantour, who looked very, very cool, calm and collected, sitting on the back of that six-car train. Behind Lawrence is Tristan Vautier in the BMW, the yellow car. Jeff Siegel is in the Ferrari. And then another BMW, the 48 Paul Miller racing car of Corey Lewis. So this is the battle, effectively, Nick, for 16th down to about 30th, actually. I think there's another, yeah. another, another five or six cars over the top of the hill. And one of the interesting things, if you look at the cars they come towards like this, you can see the bigger frontal area of the BMW. You can't yeah. compare to the low, swoopy Fords. And this is why on this very fast track, uh, the Fords are getting this advantage. As uh, Van Gisbergen's teammate, that may have been actually Townsend Bell just rejoining or getting out of the way of this train of cars after his pit stop. But that is why the, uh, the basic, the, in the speed traps, you're going to see these Fords being much quicker and also the, the Porsches as well. And why uh, Rodrigo Flicker is, is getting away at the moment, he's pulling away a couple of tenths, but we have a battle for second on camera between the two Porsches of uh, Nick Tandy and, and, Van, and uh, Aichan Guven. Nick Tandy, another man not too far away uh, from me. Oh, spin! And that's Seb Priori. He's gone into the gravel at turn five. Now, did he jump was or he was pushed? he pushed there? Was he pushed? Yeah, good question. Uh, he was in a cracking battle 
just down towards the bottom half of the top 20. And he's recovered, but has he got damage? That's the big question. Didn't, 71. Didn't like anything serious. He, he, spinning out like that, either he just he just gave it too much of the uh, of the right foot at the wrong point, as he as because there's a changing surface down there, or he got a little tap. And normally those little taps don't which don't actually do any uh, lasting damage to the car. 71 is Mark yeah. Bell. He's running uh, in the colours of Urban Grid for the in that uh, BMW. They normally run a Camaro, of course, the Rebel Rock team. Robin Liddell part of that team and uh, has been uh, supporting his teammate. He's running in 27th at the moment, uh, right behind the recovering Sebastian Priot and Parker Chase in the Porsche uh, is in that fight as well. Westbrook closing up on a Ferrari at the moment. Ben, what are you watching? Yeah, I just had a quick look at what happened to Sebastian Prio, who was defending on the inside line from Tristan Nunes uh, and... Uh, I don't know whether there was contact. Very difficult to see, but suddenly the the rear broke away under braking, almost as though on downshift. Uh, he was well offline. He was right on the inside of the turn. Rear rotated. Everyone else went through. No other problems, but there might have been, again, the lightest of touches. So we've had just coming up to 10 minutes. And Rodrigo Fluka leads by the better part of two seconds from Nick Tandy and Ayn Chan Goove and the two Porsches then, second and third. Then Richard Highstand for Ford. So two Fords, two Porsches in the top four. Robbie Forley is the best of the BMWs for Turner. The number 96 car, five seconds off the lead, but only half a second behind Highstand. Three tenths ahead of Jesse Cron for BMW, then Katzberg, then Eng in the red and white, number 26 is eight, Conor de Filippi is ninth, and the top ten is made up by number seven, Bruno Spengler. Into Nissine battle between the two Porsches, 911 is Tandy, Nick Tandy, who's really come on in the last couple of races, Nick. He's... Yeah. Uh, he certainly said that, you know, he hadn't been on this for quite a long time. He used it when he first went to the States to uh, learn the tracks, but then really had to put it away because he was too busy we're going to go back to Sebastian Prior. this is what Ben was watching a few moments ago Tristan Nunez can see the the uh, Multimatic car right ahead of him yeah got a touch little touch just a little touch that was a little touch definitely yeah you could see, you could see it through Nunez again it's it, 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 a completely non-intentional didn't want to do it problem now back to Tandy I mean I think I was looking at some of the times it did appear that Tandy may actually be slightly holding up Iron Shankuven in the uh, 913 car and you kind of wonder it's unlikely in this particular race whether it is, if we were doing this uh, actually in Wisconsin there might be some uh, team orders to at least let Iron Chan go to see if he could attack uh, Fluke and stop him getting too far away but Tandy really um, has come from being pretty much nowhere two races ago Ooh. so as you can see five for the lead as you sweep back and look at the faster BMW which is still Jesse Crom but we've now got a no 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 it's Robbie Forley Forley's Foley, just sorry, gone yeah. by high stand that and was a Crom change behind, of position yeah. uh, and that uh, Tangerine and green car sorry Nick but the uh, the Tangerine yeah. green car has just lost a position and Forley now uh, up into fourth position so turn a BMW and Robbie Forley Ben is another driver who up until our last race had had well no luck at all he'd only had bad luck to be honest he was taken out by another BMW driver having qualified on pole at uh, at Sebring uh, he was on the front row I think again at uh, at mid-Ohio and, Laguna, Laguna, uh, Laguna he, excuse me. He speared yeah. off as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but he's really come back into his own if he's managed to get round the first lap, 
basically. <laughs> and now he's doing a cracking job. And that, remember, that's a privateer entered BMW. Robbie has been drafted into the BS Competition uh, online racing team. They are one of the top teams. There's a Williams Esports team as well. VRS Coanda, Husingveld, uh, all of these guys big in the sim racing world and Robbie is impressed so much that BS have asked him to go and race in the digital Nürburgring Langstrecken series what used to be called the VLA the long distance series that runs exclusively on the Nürburgring Nordschleife and we're in a little bit of a hiatus for that championship at the moment with a couple of weekends off before that restarts and Robbie really delighted to have had his sim and virtual world talents recognised by BS Competition. Meantime, battle for second continues. Still two seconds behind Rodrigo Fluger. Last lap around, uh, he did uh, a 2 or th- No, he didn't. I'll let me go to the other screen here. 2 or one 4 5, five for the leader. 2 or one 5 4 six. Fastest lap of the race, though. 2 or one zero zero one for Ayachan Guven. That's only... A second away, Ben Constantinus, from what we saw qualifying. That's pretty impressive this early on on full fuel. Absolutely, and he'll be benefiting a little bit from sitting in the slipstream of Nick Tandy. Uh, those two will have been working incredibly hard together this week. I know for a fact that the Porsche teams have really put a lot of effort into this one. It's great to see a Ferrari represented well as going and going well too. Here is the Argentine trying to go around the outside. It hasn't worked for him. Harry uh, Tinknell in it. Have, uh, Sorry, Ben. That's Harry Tinknell in new colour scheme this week uh, for the 55 with a little more orange and black on that car. And that must be Westby sticking in behind him, I take it. Yes, it is in the usual uh, eggshell blue colours. That's the battle to be in the top dozen. Tinknell ahead of Canapino in the Yunkos Racing coloured car. Augustin Canapino, if you don't know, very tidy sim racer, but also good in the real world. Has raced for Yunkos in real life, including uh, in the IMSA series, where he was behind the wheel of a DPI Cadillac. And very much impressed Jeremy Shaw and I in the real world. And he had done a bit of sim racing a few years ago, rather like Nick Tandy, and has come back to it and taken to it like a duck to water again, and has been impressing again in some of the long-distance races. Nürburgring 24 out uh, with uh, his team's one of the Williams Esports drivers uh, in that, and has been very, very impressive. That's orange, green, and white Ferrari coming through the final corner now, right up the very stylish tailpipes of the Ford ahead of him. Fluger just pulls out a little two or three tenths more. Now it's over two seconds. Only three tenths between Tandy and Guven. And then this battle further down the field with Tinknell, Canapino and Westbrook. Westbrook got a great run through turn one there. It's so difficult, though, to get yourself into a position at the bottom of the hill at turn three. Although that new surface there has got plenty of grip. Just a little wheel off the end of the kerb by Harry Tinknell. Behind them is Kyle Masson in the BMW, number 38. Oh, meantime, a little further ahead of them. 24 Kron's, is in the mix. Yeah, Jesse Cron's got past, hasn't he? He's now he's moved them to fourth place and it's uh, relegated by, by, by three places are going to be lost. 
by Robin Foley there. So that's gone quite badly. And even the 10 of Nicky Katzberg has gone through. Now, Katzberg is interesting, John, because don't forget the battle for the championship is Katzberg v Spengler. Yep. Currently, Katzberg with a couple of points leads in sixth. Spengler not really showing particularly stellar at and, all so far today is in 10th. And, and the, the man who lost out the most there was Robbie Foley. Robbie Foley, who was in fourth position, now in seventh. Jesse Cron up to fourth. High stand up to fifth. This is all in the main box if you're watching. Uh, then Katzberg, Foley, Philip Eng. Battle for second in the two Porsches on the top left-hand side of the screen. As they go into Canada corner and the bottom, the battle for 12th that we were watching earlier on, Ford, Ferrari and Ford. That's Tinknell, Canapino and Westy, Richard Westbrook, now at Canada corner and heading up towards where the Bill Mitchell Bridge used to be with the leader crossing the line now, Rodrigo Fluke. I haven't seen him really since the drop of the green flag, but then again, neither has anybody else, to be honest, because he caught everyone napping and drove away from the field. 201.6 last time around, 201.7 for Tandy, 201.5 for Gouven, 202.3 for Jesse Crom, but he had a bit of a kerfuffle as he leads this gaggle of cars with Richard Highstand in the mostly green Ford going through turn one in the... Ford GT in fifth position, then Katzberg, Foley, Philip Eng in the red and white car, just on the back of that for BMW Team Austria. It's a fat, and John, it's a we have had BMWs. only one car uh, in pit lane so far. Uh, we, if you cast your mind back to the first couple of rounds, we would see half a dozen to a dozen cars uh, resetting back to the pits, but just the one car to make a pit stop, presumably for damage, and that was uh, AJ Armendinger, who's bound back out on track, but we've had just the one retirement uh, in Aaron Tillits and just the one pit visitor in AJ Armander. Sadly didn't get Brad Keselowski to the start of the race. And Ben, you told us about somebody who was having some connectivity problems as well and couldn't uh, start the race. Was that Aaron Tillits, was it? And, uh, no, uh, that was uh, uh, Will Hardman. Will Hardman um, it was, yes, the Texan. Yeah, and Berkelotti did actually start the race about half a lap uh, behind the rest of the field so he did manage to get into the race albeit slightly later might be worthwhile whilst we're in a little bit of a status quo here just to pick up our leader and then cycle back and show you the gaps we're at uh, Road America for the fourth round of the IMSA iRacing Pro Series the WeatherTech presents IMSA Racing at Road America and let's uh, Keep an eye on these battles and let's go through our Mazda race rundown. Here's how it stands then with just on 23 minutes having elapsed. Rodrigo Fluka leads for Ford. 2.2 seconds ahead of Nick Tandy for Porsche. Then Iron Chan Guven also for Porsche. Just three seconds further back. Then a fabulous battle from the helicam across the start finish line. Jesse Cron, Richard Highstand, Nicky Katzberg, Robbie Foley and Philip Eng with Conor de Filippi just starting to close in on them. That's fourth down to ninth position. Bruno Spengler makes up the top ten. That's your Mazda race rundown as we have still got uh, about an hour and ten minutes to go. Now, what's going to be crucial here is the uh, the projection of how many laps we will be getting in this race and how people are going to split this up. So we'll keep an eye on that. Still no one's made their 
opening pit stops. Number 10 sitting in the middle there, Nicky Katzberg. That's a slightly changed colour scheme for him. The two-tone blue and red really liking the liveries. People have gone to town again on this, although we can't wander around the paddock as we would do in yes. real life and pick up the new the new livery so we see them and have to uh, identify them when we see a little snatch of them in practice or qualifying which I know is what Ben's been doing on his own eye racing rig while this battle goes on Ben what's what are the guys going to be doing until we talk about it our portion keys to the race the fuel strategy the tyre strategy of course how are the guys getting that information and what have they got don't be a fuel we said and the tyres in our Porsche keys to the race how are the guys working out? Are they having to push buttons on the keyboard or is somebody telling them? There'll be somebody who has the information and be able to do calculations. Uh, and certainly within the leading teams, we, they do BMW and Porsche. They have strategists helping the guys out. Uh, but in terms of actually selecting how much fuel goes into the car, that does need to be done by the driver as, as he goes into the pit lane or at any point when he gets a, a moment's rest. And he'll have a dial... Uh, showing how many litres the car has got and how many projected laps that will get them to. Remember, strategy-wise, we've got this competition caution at some point. That will be really playing into the, the brains of various drivers. Uh, and just as we speak, actually, Matt Bell has come into the pits and uh, he has made a one-minute pit stop. So, uh, unfortunately, Matt Bell down to 45th position. Uh, and I do know that there was a, there's a lot of people who are big fans of uh, Earl Bamba making his uh, debut into the series. Uh, I've been doing some commentary with him on a different series uh, over the last couple of weeks. And Earl has been doing up to eight hours of practice a day. Uh, his target is to be better than his teammate, Lawrence Vanthor. He started ahead of Vanthor in the race, but uh, in the early running, Earl has had an issue and he's right at the tail of the field now. Yeah, and Matt Bell, Riley Dickinson coming in and taking early stops, as Ben Constantura said there. Let's just remind ourselves that was at the end of last... Uh, that was at the end of lap 10. Looking at the last couple of lap times, for the first time in a while, Nick Tandy and Ayn-Chan Guven are pulling back on the leader, and all of a sudden, the gap is under two seconds. It was up to almost 2.3. It's now down to one. 0.8 seconds. Nick Tandy and Einchan Guven just beginning to reel in the leader. Canada corner then for the two Porsches. Still overcast here. And the temperatures with our weather tech report on the track and air temperatures were high oh, mid 80s Fahrenheit and high 70s track and air respectively at the start. It doesn't look like the Cloud cover has completely cleared, although being a four-mile circuit, you can sometimes get slightly differing conditions at one side of the track from the other. Down towards turn number one, Conor De Filippi sitting in ninth position ahead of him, Philip Eng in the red-white BMW Team Austria through turn one, right all the way at the curbs on the exit, under the Briggs and Stratton Bridge. That little kink is turn two, tricky downhill braking area. Take the curb on the right-hand side. Roll all the way to the edge of the curve. See the dust being dragged onto the track there on that middle straight under the Sargento Cheese Bridge. One of the many crossover bridges here. Beautiful place to spectate. So many places that you can get close to the track and without very much obstruction if you're a keen photographer. 
slightly further up the field Robbie Foley you see in the background there recovering uh, Robbie dropped out to seventh position so he was just a little bit further ahead and that must be Jesse Cron who's looking back at Richard Highstand from his BMW behind Highstand is Nicky Katzberg in the number 10 BMW good run by Richard Highstand in the green and tangerine Ford GT is there and head through the king Ben I think what John, John, an interesting one with um, with Matt Bell taking a pit stop. Um, we're hearing that it was a, a kind of a strategic decision, but looking at the car as it came into the pits, it certainly had damage. He's had that repaired and he's now back in a healthy car. Uh, so if he can get a decent uh, turn of pace up now, he doesn't have to pit again, in theory. Uh, and with the competition caution coming out at some point, uh, he will be in a really good position in the second half of the race. I think, I think what it is, Ben, is if you have picked up some damage, um, you, you effectively don't want to make two stops. So you, you effectively go as early as you possibly can and yeah. still get to the end. So you get your damage fixed yeah. effectively for free. And so obviously he's calculated with the competition caution, they can, he can get to the end and get fixed. And uh, obviously, as you say, if, if he doesn't go a lap down, the competition caution will take him on the back of everyone else and then he can fight with them with a healthy car. Yeah, and Ben Keating doing the same thing right yeah. now. Yeah, Ben Keating's just pitted. New personal best for Matt Bell in that number 71, Rebel Rock Racing. You know I want to say Camaro because that's what they race. <laughs> it is a BMW here. They race in the uh, Camaro uh, in GT4 competition. I think I think what we're seeing here, John, is, is a really interesting, certainly with these various stable uh, trains of cars, be it two cars or seven cars, it just shows how difficult it is to overtake here because all these cars are running at, you know, you, the interesting thing is you've got to, what, seven BMWs and one Ford. Now, you'd think the Ford would be able to pick up at some point because it's greater straight line speed. You've also seen better braking for the BMWs, I noticed, in that uh, heli shot going into turn five. But the net effect is there isn't enough overlap to get past, and certainly no one's going to go for a lunge this early in the race. No. Ben Keating in and out of the pits. Philippe Albuquerque running slowly in their 22, is the report that I'm getting in the wheel and Action Express car. That was the car, remember, that made Kenton Cook's accident even worse than it was in the early running down at turn number five. Robbie Foley has been as high as fourth, now back down into seventh position in a bit of a conflagration that we haven't really got to the bottom of at the moment, but he's still there or thereabouts in the Turner BMW heading through towards the tunnel underneath the cars right now. That's that new piece of tarmac. And then turning into turn 14, the 14th and final corner, the right-hander that leads onto this long, long run up the front straight. We've had some finishes here down through the years. Still, they haven't made the finish line. Now they have, past our commentary position. It's where we'd normally be on the left-hand side at almost ground level. It's a fabulous place to watch. They've come up above the top of the brow into turn one. Really have to take a lot of momentum through there. Oh, and a spinner. And it's one of the Fords, oh, it's, it's the, it's Colin Brown. It's Colin Ooh. Brown and the, was that a Porsche involved there as well? No, that was a Porsche beginning, trying to avoid the accident. That was the, uh, so Colin Brown had an accident with somebody else who was, who was in the wall. The green and, and black Porsche, that was a car that came across the accident and had to make take an emergency avoiding action not to get taken out by it. Well, Colin 
He's moving again, and he's got Robin Wickens right up his tailpipes now. Driving for Faf, which is, of course, one of the teams that Robert started his racing career with. Down the inside, that is a classic textbook Road America pass. Drag up behind your opponent across the start-finish line. Coming through uh, behind Wickens. Yep. It was Parker Chase in the 29 who had to take avoiding action. I'm not sure oh. who was actually involved in the accident and was, and was facing the wall uh, as uh, the 54 car was uh, just regaining its uh, its composure. Parker Chase has dropped down to 29th uh, position there. Jonathan Bomarito in amongst that as well in the number three. Robert Wiggins, a picture of concentration using a very interesting setup with the hand brake effectively he's goes side by side through turn number six just after the corvette bridge 27th position at the moment with colin brown and jonathan bomarito and the fords around him and using the brake handle and being able to just feel that in there may have a bit of force feedback on it as well so that he can feel when the tires are locking up shift levers in the normal position behind the steering wheel and an accelerator as well on the steering wheel that he's using with his left hand where the Formula 1 clutch area would be, tries to go down the inside of the Ford, can't get it done this time, that's Colin Brown who's recovering after being off track and Tristan Vautier is that Tristan Vautier? No, it's not. It's Parker Chase who's recovering in the 29 car. Uh, in the uh, 19 car, excuse me. No, you're right first time, the 29 car. Yeah, this, it's... Um, no, it's 29th uh, position. Uh, ah, that's it, it, it is that's the 19. Weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can see. No, the bright yellow car. <laughs> so the, here yeah, comes the, Wiggins down the inside into turn one. Now, how good is he on that brake? Look how calm he is as he goes into turn one. That's two laps in a row that he's done that. The Porsche clearly has a little bit more top speed than that, I presume, damaged now Ford of Colin Brown, the black and orange car. And watch the yellow Porsche at the back of this four-car train as well because that is beginning to make a little bit of ground on them. Nick? And they're coming up with the biggest stop of all. So let's look at the brake, brake work by Wickens here because this is the hardest stop to get right. And he's not in the ideal line. He's got to go a bit tight because he's defending against uh, Colin Brown. But, uh, oh, and he's just not got the drive out of it. Can the Ford get past him on the inside? Nope. He just needs to... Oh, no. he's, he's got wide. Space. Ah. I think... I think Robbie. Polite, too polite. Yes, exactly what I was going to say. Far too polite there. And Wiggins drops down to 30th position, and he'll have Roman De Angelis on his rear spoiler any second now. At the head of the field, the gap has come down to a second and a half. Now, who's that BMW then? That's Jonathan Bomarito, is it? No, he's gone through. Uh, so that is Roman De Angelis in the BMW. I can't imagine Roman in a BMW. I'm so used to seeing him in a Porsche Cup car. Let's uh, just review what happened a few moments ago with that uh, number 54, Colin Brown. Ah, Kenton Cook. Is that, is that Shinji? One of the two purple cars. 
So this was what happened to Colin Brown. Oh, and he got absolutely nailed by the 57 Porsche, the dark blue car. It's going to end up itself. uh, That's uh, Misha Goikberg. That was Misha Goikberg. Didn't he cause a lot of trouble at Mid-Ohio as well? Could possibly see him. Ben, there's a job for you in the diplomatic corps. (laughs) (laughs) Down to 1.4 seconds, the battle for the lead. They've just been easing back up to the leader, Ben, and it's all it takes, isn't it? Just a a half a tenth or a tenth a lap, and all of a sudden, things are start. I just wonder, we've seen the Porsche guys in the past, Tandy and Gouven, saving their tyres for the end of the stint, and it looks like they may be doing that now as they're catching the leader. Yes, and they're also catching Matt Bell, uh, who's just ahead of Rodrigo right now. Matt Bell's running well, though. He's not running slowly, so uh, in theory they won't catch him too quickly, but it will mean it'll be difficult to pass him uh, when they do get there, and you can see that gap is uh, inching closer and closer. Yeah, uh, and Matt Bell, last lap, uh, was a slow one, 2.30. No, that was Misha, excuse me. 2.02.2. That's not bad, you're right. But the problem is it's six tenths of a second slower than the leaders. Now, they're coming to the end of their fuel run, or at least they're well past halfway on it, with nearly 40 minutes having been completed since we dropped the green flag. Call that 16 laps, if you'd rather. These cars will, around here, with so much flat-out running, Probably around about 51, 52 minutes. Maybe a little bit longer. And Matt Bell, of course, now, he's trying to go all the way to the end of the race. And that might be a big ask from where he was. Nick Tandy, second place. 1.2 seconds further ahead. He'll want to be right with Rodrigo, who's that 1.2 seconds further ahead, when he comes to Matt Bell. And there's Matt Bell then in the... Rebel Rock Racing Car, the Urban Grid-sponsored machine in the normal Camaro colours, but no Camaro GT Le Mans cars. Oh, please, please, GM. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Although they've already got a Corvette, of course, I suppose. They wouldn't do John, it. This Go is, ahead, This is going to be significant for the, the strategy, though, isn't it? Because if he drops a lap down, then once that safety car comes out, he won't be able to benefit from catching back up to the pack. Well, well and, only, and only if they don't, they haven't made their stop at that point. If they've come into their stop, then he'll catch up because he'll, he'll get his lap back again. But we uh, yeah, see how much yeah, of, okay. of a fight he puts in. My guess is not too much. He'll have the blue flag in his, in his cockpit, telling him he's uh, he's got the leader behind him. Explain what um, you're saying there. Blue flag in the cockpit. There's not actually a flag waving <laughs> in his cockpit, but actually th- this idea that's come from sim racing is a graphic. Is is actually in WEC, for example have the Magneti Morelli, what I call the flag in the cab system. And and actually, that that's an idea that came from sim racing. So what's he seeing at the moment? Oh, pit. oh leaders in the pits. We'll come back to that in a moment. Fluka from the lead into the pits. So with 50 minutes to go. So I said I thought they could do 52 minutes. So he's coming. And behind... Sorry, Ben, go ahead. Behind, you've got Nicky Katzberg, Philip Eng and Bruno Spengler as well. Three BMWs, key to the championship, also choosing exact same lap to pit. Keep an eye on them, see if they go for tyres as well as fuel. So Nick Tandy leads for Porsche, from Ayachan Guven for Porsche, for Jesse Kron, who stayed out for the 24 BMW, as did Richard Highstand, but they've dropped nearly 10 seconds away from the two Porsches. 
And Matt Bell, for the moment then, lives on and stays on the lead lap. And this is crucial for him. The, yeah, I think the Porsche are unlikely to run more than, than two more laps, so he should be OK. And, it, and the only reason he wouldn't be OK is the uh, competition caution came out exactly the point where they lapped him before they went in. Uh, just to answer, what he's, what he's seeing in his cockpit in the top left-hand side is a blue flag with a yellow stripe, a little slash across it, which is the uh, American version of the blue flag. Uh, and you see that as soon as someone who is a lap ahead of you or about to be a lap ahead of you is within one and a half seconds of you. At IMSA Radio gets you onto the screen in front of us here as Robert, Wicken, uh, Robert Wickens comes in. Ooh. It's the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Ooh, says Ben Constantinus. Ooh for why? I don't know why, but Bruno Spengler has jumped a lot of them and he's come out ahead of Rodrigo Fluca. He did take tyres but something about his pit stop was a hell of a lot faster than the rest of him, even his teammates. And Spengler is now ahead of all of those first pitters. And you sure he took tyres? He did take tyres, but it's... Uh, I, I don't know how he's done it. Well, he put less fuel in. That could be the only thing, can't it? I will check again, because, of course, Spengler and Katzberg look the same. Yeah, he was on his jack, so definitely took tyres. Ben skimming back through... The great advantage that we have in the virtual world is that Ben can go and look at any car at any time of the race, and that's what we're having him do at the moment. He's effectively our virtual pit reporter, except he can be anywhere at the track all at the same time. If one of you can do that in real life. In comes Conor de Filippi, came in out of fifth position. Tandy and Gouven have gone through, and we're hearing from race control that they think that he... Short fuel fueled as well. Tandy now, crucial part of the race for the Urban Grid Rebel Rock Racing BMW. He's going to go a lap down here, but how much longer can he stay out? Prio into the pit lane. And the 111 Multimatic Ford then comes into the pit lane again after problems. Now, this is absolute nightmare for Matt Bell. He's in between the two Porsches and he wants Nick Tandy to get out the way here because he does not want the safety car to come out right now. And don't forget, in the competition yellow, the pits will close until the lead has been picked up by the Porsche safety car. So that's the other problem for the Porsches here. They don't want to get caught and have to do even another slow lap behind the safety car. If they got caught behind the safety car, that would be... uh... Well, see, not game over, but it'd be track position over. They, they really need to come in now uh, to maximise their advantage. Um, just looking at some of the times whilst Ben goes in very deep to it, Rodrigo uh, Fluka had a slow stop even compared to Nicky Katzberg, three seconds longer, but the Spengler stop is ridiculously short. I mean, it's not like a couple yeah. of seconds. It's 12 seconds too fast. And that's like, what is that? That's, that's, 12, that's, that's 12 gallons of fuel or 11 gallons of fuel. And I, I don't know no, if they've made no, a no, mistake. No, no, no. It's, wrong, it's about two point... It's about two point... I think it's about two point nine litres per second that goes okay, in. OK, so 12 seconds is 30. So basically, yeah, it's about six gallons of fuel. Yeah. But, but... But that's a lot. It's a lot. It's not like a three-second clever short fuel. That's like we are, we are running a different engine with several less cylinders. <laughs> yes, that's the four-cylinder <laughs> BMW M8. The uh, oft-forgotten about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Into the pit lane. Jesse Cron and Richard Highstance. So that's only leaving Robbie Foley and the two Porsches out there. Has John Edwards stopped yet, Ben? He hasn't, has he? And neither has Canapino. Well, there's quite a few people not, 
Yeah. There's a lot of people who haven't stopped. So Crone and High Stand are in, and Shinji Mishimi is also in pits this lap. But oh. uh, I'm interested to see if anybody can replicate what uh, Bruno Spengler has done in the pits. Uh, into the pit lane for Jack Hawksworth in the number 14 M. Vassa Sullivan BMW. Corey Lewis for the 48 Paul Miller Racing Car. Kenton Cook in the number 80. Another unlucky race for Kenton. He'll be counting the cost of that little tap earlier on, but he is back up inside the top 20. It's going to be key for me as the number 47 Ford of Rodrigo Fluca is back on the track, but now way down the running, and we've seen Rodrigo sometimes not get the same pace out the car after his pit stop. Key for me now, the strategy of Tandy and Gouven. How much longer can they go? That, that they've, they've now done 45 minutes. They've got 45 to go. Are they just splitting the race in half? This is a bold strategy from the two Porsches. As Nick said, if the competition caution comes out now, they are toast. They are Their goose is cooked. But this is a very different race from any of the previous ones we've had in this series, John, because everybody is taking tyres. Tyres has become de rigueur, where before it was the, the alternate strategy. So uh, as the leaders both come in, it's to be raced to, the, to, the, uh, to get out again. They need a second in it to be easier for Ayachan to try and jump in with a clever strategy. But as everyone's taking tyres, they're going to have a lead that they, they may be able to pick up. They'll be on cold tyres when they go out. So the first couple of laps out are going to be really, really critical. Note as well that uh, Shinya Mishimi uh, actually not only designed, but painted the car himself. For his livery. In comes Robbie Foley as well. So Canapino's gone to the lead. Augustin Canapino. Now, Ben, remind me, did Canapino make an early stop in that number 66 nope. car? No, nope, he's yet to stop. Uh, amazingly, he's one of the very few drivers also not to have a single off track. We've got some guys that have got wow. 14 or 15 off tracks, and he is so clean, he's not done one. One driver who has replicated Spengler's strategy. Uh, was Shinji Mishimi, a 35-second pit stop or stop. As I watch the two Porsches in pit lane, they're getting their fuels right now. I'm waiting for them to go up on the jacks uh, and change their tyres. Well, let's see who comes around. Merkel Bortolotti has been in and out of the pits, of course. He's just jumped up the night. I think he's the first person who's made a pit stop. He's gone across the line now. Here comes Fluker. Fluker comes out and beats the Porsches out. Beats the Porsches out. So as you were in terms of the lead, but now cars with heat in tyres. And who got out fastest? Ooh. Oh, and off! That's the BMW going around. That was the number 79 car. So that means it was Roman De Angelis in the heart of racing. Aston Martin entered car. And that was, again, coming out of turn one. I've seen that so many times. Just got onto the dirt and goes to the other side and hits the wall on driver's right. So Canapino leads now, but we he owes us a pit stop from Westbrook. See above comments. Tinknell the same. I think Bortolotti's had a stop, but was that stupidly no. early on? No, he didn't come. He didn't get out the pits uh, until about half a lap. He was in the pits at the start of the race. Aye, I see. Right, OK. So what happened to... The 79 car, was he on his... He's offline. He's just offline. And he's going to hit the dirt. 
and then come around. And even with all that luck that a BMW's got on, I'm afraid Roman can't hold on to it and bounces off the tyres. Might not have done too much damage there because he hit the tyres fairly slowly. So, the, the net so effect John, we've this got is... the top three now in the pits. Uh, Westbrook, Canapino and Tinknell. Just Bortolotti and Braun uh, now who have not pitted. And really the man who has, uh, has picked up a huge amount from this, John Edwards, is ahead of Rodrigo Fluker. And Fluker is, I reckon, fifth overall now. What's happened to Fluker, though? I thought we saw him go. No, it wasn't, he had a slow stop, John, even compared to these, yep. the, uh, yeah, but I the, thought the we other saw... BMWs. No, it was, different. it was a different one. It was a different Ford, was it? Yeah, different black Ford. It's the black Ford we can see ahead of the two cars now. I'm not quite sure. Is that, is that Bertolotti? Bortolotti? Uh, it's Bortolotti. Or Colin Brown, yeah. No, Colin it's Brown Bortolotti. Bortolotti in the Triple Eight, who now leads the race. Bortolotti yep. in the Triple Eight lead. So, so that wasn't Fluker that I saw coming round. It was Bortolotti. Uh, Spengler has made up some positions and I reckon now he is net third position behind the yep. two Porsches. So Bortolotti, Bortolotti, Tandy has just gone by Colin Braun. Has he got it done? He has. And now through goes Gouven. Colin Brown's is sitting duck because he's got a damaged car. So Bortolotti leads going up under the Corvette bridge to turn five. He's got six and a half seconds on Nick Tandy and Ayachan Guven is another half a second further back. Then Spengler in fourth. That'll be net third. Colin Brown still owes us a pit stop as well. So then it'll be John Edwards, then Rodrigo, then Richard, high stand, then Jesse Cron, Robbie Foley, Philip Eng and Conor Filippi will be your top ten when everybody stops. Bortolotti with the teal blue accents on the dark coloured Ford. And apologies for not picking that up earlier on my mistake I thought that was Fluker coming back around in front but we've seen this consistently Ben that Fluker's pit stops are not the best it was exactly the same when he came out of a really good position he was leading in fact at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca and he seemed to have a much longer stop than everybody else and after that his pace just wasn't there yeah, it, he'd spent 90 seconds on the pit limiter. So it really was one of the slowest stops that anybody has offered us. Uh, we've just got a couple of cars yet to stop still. Uh, Colin Brown is the first Bortolotti. of those. And Mirko Bortolotti comes into pits right this second. Ben, if he spent 90 seconds, that's pretty much full fuel and tyres and the transit down the pit lane. So he he's not working his fuel numbers, is he? He's not saying, this is how much I need to get to the end. That was pretty much a full tank of fuel. And all of these cars will have maps as the yellow flag has come out. So this oh, is a caution. Full course yellow as Nick Tandy goes through and Bortolotti had just pitted. So this is great news for him because he'll be able to get out and he'll make up a huge amount of of ground on the leaders because they won't be at full speed the pits are now close and the we're hearing that the pace car will come out onto the track out of pit lane safety car later on they, he'll be out of the next lap let's take a breather we have got 52 minutes having been a lap so we're just over half distance it's WeatherTech presents IMSA Racing at Road America, and we're live. So, 
gentlemen, that is very, mm. very interesting indeed in terms of the timing of that caution. Uh, and I actually, I, I don't know. Did Bortolotti time that right then? I suppose, Ben, you've got to say he did because he went as far as he could. He's come out in about 26th position. So I'm not sure how much he's gained, but he's had such a dis- disastrous start to the race anyway that uh, I think it has been an improvement from where he would have come out if it had been a conventional time stop, certainly. But we've got three cars that have not offered us a pit stop. Colin Brown, Joel Miller... Uh, Roman Joangelis and Matt Griffin. But, I mean, Matt's down in 25th spot. So the rest of them should be good to the end. Get Nick's thoughts in just a moment. The safety car lights are on. This is the competition caution overcast and now rolling the Porsche safety car from the end of pit lane. Welcome if you are just joining us, it's John Hindoff, Nick Damon and Ben Constantinus in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. And Nick Tandy leads from his Porsche junior teammate in the real world, Aichan Guven, and also in the virtual world as well. Just under 42 minutes still to go. Coming through in third will be Bruno Spengler, who played an absolute Blimer uh, plays an absolute blinder uh, in that pit stop uh, because, Ben, you were watching this and he was, what, 10, 12, 13 seconds quicker on pit road? And that's, that has to be down to just taking less fuel. He's, is he rolling the dice on the numbers? Well, what you can do is you can select a different map like you could do in a real car. So he could, could have been running with a low fuel map. He didn't star in the first half of the race. Good point. He really wasn't at a decent pace. But to have saved that much fuel would be very impressive. Uh, John Edwards has done the same thing. And Shinji Mishimi has also done the same thing. Looking down uh, the board, there are not many other drivers that have got a sub 40 second stationary stop. Uh, so let's keep a look at what John Edwards can do in his BMW and Shinji Mishimi in his Porsche. Uh, have they been able to also save lots of fuel? Uh, Nick Damon, and I'm not sure how we can find this out, the responsible adult will be listening, and maybe BMW <laughs> uh, Motorsport might want to tell us. Um, this in from Bankai, uh, did Spengler only take two tyres in the stop? The default, as Sean McCarthy said, four tyres and full fuel are the... Uh, default setting uh, in the pit stop, but you can mess about with that. Um, have a think about that. Let's see what we can find out. BMW, let us know. Let's have a Mazda race rundown then in behind the safety car. Nick Tandy leads from his teammate, Einchan Guven, with Bruno Spengler, John Edwards for BMW. Then a trio of blue ovals led by Paul Sitter, Rodrigo Fluker, who hasn't done too badly out of that. And of course, that time that he lost in the pit lane now is, is negated. He's right on the back of the four cars ahead of him. Colin Brown, a little bit of a false position in sixth on the Connick and Minolta standings because he has not done his pit stop yet. Richard Highstand in the green and tangerine car in seventh for Ford and the rest of the top ten are BMWs. Yassi Cron, Robbie Foley, who'll be cursing his bad luck again. And Philip Eng, who's been quietly just sitting around there. Outside the top ten, it's more BMWs. Conor de Filippi, Augustin Canapino in the Junkost racing uh, Ferrari, that green 
orange and white car ahead of Nicky Katzberg, Richard Westbrook for Ford, Joel Miller for Ferrari. Ferrari's doing better than we've seen them in the opening rounds of this series. Harry Tinknell in the 55 Ford. Then a couple of Porsches. Shinya Mishimi with his home-made colour scheme on that car. When I say that, he didn't just uh, design it. He actually painted it himself and put a great time-lapse video up on his Twitter feed. Lawrence Vanter is up inside the top 20. He'll be pleased with that. Shane Van Gisbergen has not been a factor today. The quick Kiwi has been very quiet. Now, will we see him unleashed with somewhere in the region uh, of 40 minutes to go and making up the top 20, Kyle Masson and the Mazda uh, race rundown. So what do you reckon, Nick? Are we um, uh, are we are we looking at a two-stop strategy for Spengler? No, I think we, I think the, the the idea of a two-tire strategy actually is probably sorry two tires. That's what I meant. Has Ooh, actually banged the nail on the head pits. because because it, who's come in? Uh, Colin Brown, who Brown, orders one, no, Jordan Miller, two, the two and Robert, to, yeah. all the guys no, who order back. stops. Yeah. yeah. So going back into oh, the, yeah. the yeah, if you think about that, would actually save you about that amount of time, which is uh, 13 seconds. And if you look at the track, the track is all about the left-hand side of the car. Every single fast turn is left-handed. Turn one, turn three, the massively tyre-wearing turn nine through ten, the carousel, the kink at 11, even count the corner at 12. It's all the fast stuff is left-hand. So perhaps they've done some testing and they decide that two left-hand tyres is the way to go. But certainly the big winner, obviously championship wise, is Bruno Spengler coming into this pit stops he was three positions behind Nicky Katzberg coming out of them he's nine positions ahead of him in behind the safety car and the Porsche at the front of the field showing a little bit of the detritus in and out of the pits for the great livery for that's Daniel Serra in the 82 Risi Competizione Michelin livery car and He's out on the back of the crocodile of cars. So we're going to have about, guys, I reckon 35 minutes to go to the end. And I I think it's a fair bet now and good spot from those of you who've tweeted at IMSA Radio. uh, Spengler maybe only took two tyres. Kenton Cook with his uh, usual message on the rear wing. Please try and do your best. Didn't have quite enough room for that so it's it's a bit you know like when you're on Twitter and you're running out of characters and you have to find a different way of saying it. Told us after Sebring when he was running a Porsche of course at Sebring he's changed to the uh, Ford since then that that bright fluorescent pink He's been running it in sim races for quite some time now. And he said, I've never been running to once all the time I've been racing. Well, that's changed. He's run into about four times in this series. Yeah, it just makes him a target here. He may want to change his colour scheme. Has he used magnetic paint by accident? Ah, yes, could do. Maybe he's using the same paint paint as Turner BMW because the poor Robbie Foley seems to be up there. John Edwards has improved as well through the pit stop cycle started on row six and it's now up to fourth position if you're watching on... second, i think he's taking two tires as well john yeah so, I agree. You've, got, so you've got two of them taking two tires you've got the the porsches who've got, who've got four fresh tires and a nice tank of fuel and the pace so it'd be interesting to spengler this is an attacking strategy by spengler to try and win the race or a defensive strategy against uh, katzberg to actually try and just gain championship points and also i should mention just outside the top 10 in 11th position we didn't get 
Uh, I, I don't think I mentioned... Oh, no, I did mention him. Augustin Canapino in the Ferrari. That is a stunning run for a Ferrari. We've not seen a Ferrari, uh, Ben, that far up the field uh, in the races so far in the IMSA iRacing Pro Series. No, exactly. And that's what happens when you put uh, an alien <laughs> in his kind of uh, performance... Uh, this such is his eye rating that his performance right now in 11th position will drop him 27 eye rating points right uh he will actually lose points because of where he is right now uh i can Guven, uh, would gain 13 sitting in second position that's uh, all worked out by the uh, the different going, going uh, green. performance of each car going green ben and confirmed from bmw just two tires for spengler and edwards that's come through from the responsible adult who's been in uh, contact with BMW Motorsport and they all spread out across the line. Tandy gets a decent start. Guven's been swallowed up already by Bruno Spengler. Spengler round the outside. He's going for the lead. Down the inside, here comes Guven. And there's a Ford in there. That's Fluker in there as well. Round the outside, the number 11. Will that car hold on? Where did that grip come from? Richard Highstand somehow kept it together. The top three have broken away. And Spengler's up into third. Round the outside, John Edwards in the dark BMW. He's side by side with Fluger, then high stand is side by side with John Edwards. Oh my goodness me! Yes, he crawled right in there as well. In another one of the dark BMWs, still a bit overcast on the far side of the circuit. One, two, three, four wide for a moment, going down into turn number five. In there as well, Philip Eng in the red and white car. That's somebody. Oh, and into the kitty litter. Yes, he crawled in the 24 BMW. That was at turn five. Robbie Foley's in the mix there as well. And so is Augustin Canapino. Dives down the inside. That's a smooth manoeuvre at turn seven. Into the hurry downs now. And into turn eight before the start of the carousel. And this gaggle of cars, which really is from John Edwards. Back over Richard Heidstand. So 23 BMW, John Edwards. Then the 11 Ford, Richard Heidstand. The green and uh, tangerine car. Philip Eng in the red and white BMW is in sixth. Then Fluger in the 47 Ford, the dark-coloured Ford. Robbie Foley in the blue and orange 96 BMW. Then Canapino side-by-side side for the lead. Top three together into Canada corner. Remember, Spengler's only got two left-hand side Michelin tyres. The two Porsches ahead had four tyres. But we saw, Nick Damon, did we not, that in the first run when the Porsches were heavy... They had to be super careful how they brought the tyres up the temperature. Whereas we've seen in the past, the BMW is super consistent as a platform all the way through its fuel run. Yeah, I think that first lap was their best chance. And certainly when, you, when, when, they, when they put that uh, the hammer down going across the line, it was certainly the BMWs did uh, much better. But the star of that was definitely Richard Highstand, who I think was nudged about 11 times and still kept the car on the island. Amazing stuff. Look at the green coat. I mean, this is the end of it. But he's been hit so many, well, touched so many times. Ah. And that was a triple squeeze, which uh, resulted in Jesse Cron falling off. That was a turn but five later in the last. The high yeah. stand was just wobbling about because he was getting nudged left, right and centre. But he's got himself into fifth. But yeah, I mean, Spengler now, you know, possibly with the Porsches getting up to temperature. And, and also more important, it's interesting that Ayachan Guven was better on the restart than Tandy. Ah. And I think that's experience both of uh, uh, really of how an iRacing restart works with the tyre temperature and everything else. And into the pits for Jesse Cron. So, it is now a dogfight to the end of the race. There's no quarter to be asked or given. 
and they've got to hope in Spengler's case that he's got enough fuel on board although having said that if he only took two tyres that's an extra 13 seconds worth of fuel that yeah. he got and that puts but, him exactly where everyone else was because Ben told us he was about 13 seconds quicker so that's where it's come just two tyres left side tyres only for the very light on its loafers BMW M8 now the two Porsches now starting to get into their stride meantime the battle for fifth behind Richard Highstand the red and white BMW is Philip Egg in the BMW team Austria car then it's Rodrigo Fluker who is in a better position after the pit stops than we've seen him so far and he still clearly has some pace in the car that was on pole position Egg Looking at the back, I just can't help but see Angry Birds now since somebody <laughs> told me about that on the Ford GT. Look at it. It is absolutely yeah, there, yeah. isn't it? One of the pigs. Yeah, going up the hill through turn 14. Beautiful design, the back of that car. If you get to see a Ford GT in close proximity, and Nick, you've done this plenty of times, there's mm. actually a hole in the middle of that rear light. That round rear light's got a hole in it. It's like a donut. And there is a vortex generator within that light to spin the air out from underneath the engine compartment so that it doesn't mess the rear wing up so much. Unfortunately, Highstand messed up turn one there and down the inside was, goes he was too He was too busy blocking. He did that thing where he was so busy blocking that he actually then ignored the fact he had to get a line for the next corner. He'd been better off staying on line rather than coming up, sweeping back and back on again because he oh, had the racing line to turn one. He's about to get nudged off again. Foley down the inside took the opportunity. Uh, there's no time for messing about now. What we're seeing now is everybody. Oh, there's a touch. Oh. And that was Fluke. At, 47. Fluker on Philip Eng. Oh, and a huge Robbie Foley's in there. And that looked like Canapino. I think that was Canapino in the Ferrari as well, in the Junkos car. All coming out of turn five. That was all a bit unnecessary. I was just about to say, though, the gloves are off now. Everybody's had their pit stops. It's a run to the flag. And every position you can make up has to be done right here, right now. And Robbie now has dropped down in front of the other yellow BMW, that's Tristan Fortier isn't it, yes it is, and Kyle Masson behind him the pink Porsche, which is just ahead, is Shinya Mishimi yeah, big, big winner of that kerfuffle was uh, Nicky Katzberg, who picked up three positions now, moving to eighth so he's bridging that gap between himself and Spengler for the championship well, some, cautions some... breed cautions oh, gents, don't they, enough. and we've true had enough. so many people now visit the pits uh, Matt Bell and Mirka Bottolotti got together directly after we went green and uh, they are both out of the race now. Matt Griffin in the pits, Colin Braun in the pits, Felipe Nazar has just come out of the pits, what? Maxim Prio's in the pits and Canapino's now in the pits as well. So what happened down at turn five? High stands gets the run on driver's left. He, oh, I don't, maybe he didn't hit Fluker. No. no. Fluker just hit the car alongside him. Now that was Eng, and then Robbie Foley and Canapino got together in trying to avoid the shamozzle that was going on in front of them. Mishimi has got company, Harry Tinknell, down the inside. No, Mishimi's gone round the outside. So Mishimi goes into 12th, Tinknell in 13th. So that was a position made up by Shinya Mishimi. The Lamborghini Super Trofeo champion, a couple of three years ago in IMSA competition so just to confirm at the front of the field Nick Tandy and Aichan Guven in the Porsches took four Michelin tyres at their pit stop just before the competition yellow came out Oof. 
more contact for uh, Kenton Cook there. Bruno Spengler and John Edwards, we think, only took two tyres apiece. In fact, confirmed by BMW, wasn't it? Richard Heistan took all four. Fluker took all four. That's your top six. Eng now damaged. Oh, and now hits the back of Fluker. That was Eng into the back of Fluker, and uh, Fluker's gone off. Fluker is way off the circuit and dropping down. Yep. And that was down into turn eight at the bottom of Hurry Downs, wasn't it? Another one of those downhill. And he got him, he got ushered off the circuit Again. unceremoniously. Again. He's the one thing about Rodrigo, I would say, and he wasn't at the start of the race from pole position, but normally he's quite he's not quite as confident on cold tyres, Nick. And mm. and I think that sometimes is frustrating for the guys behind him. He managed to get the drop at the start because of a really clever tactic and he floored the throttle early. But on that restart, he's been mired in the pack and I just don't think he has the confidence under yeah, braking. I think, I think there's, an, there's, an, there's an aggression level which has been ramped up to 10 since the, uh, the, the full court caution. And, and it, perhaps some of the more oh. um, gentlemanly drivers don't, don't fit it so well. But what happened here then? Well, This, the, is, this is Fluker on the, uh, the right hand as we look at it. Yeah, Fluker down the inside to turn five. And... It's going to be up the, up the top of the hill. Uh, I just saw him shooting off. He defends. Ooh. Then he gets hit once at turn number six. Now turn seven. This is super quick. Ah, he breaks. He was on the wrong line and he breaks. He gets hit again. So now down at the bottom of the hill is where it all happens. So what? Oh, oh he breaks really, really that was early. Very, very early. I think he, and he knew moving, he was offline. Moving in the braking zone as well, Nick. I don't think. Um, I don't think he's is got he, any. I, I, I know what happened there, because it happens to people like me who are who are let's say beginners. Is you get your you get your kind of rhythm destroyed, and therefore you make you know, much as yellow has been there, mistake has been mistake. He was knocked off course two or three times, and suddenly you just your brain snaps and thinks, oh, I better break early. I'm in the wrong line. I break. I break. I break. But he break at least well, I suppose 20 virtual or 50 virtual meters too early there. So what was Eng supposed to do? Because he's you know, expecting that a similar situation to before. So. Uh, a little bit of an architect of his own destruction, I'm afraid, there was... Uh, was uh, uh, Rodrigo. Rodrigo, sorry, I was going to put Kenton, Kenton Cook in my brain then. No, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's, the, uh, that's the car. <laughs> I know, because the purple car's on the screen. You can, that's all you can see. Ayachan Guven has just put in the new fastest lap of the race as he tries to deal with his team leader, I suppose. High stand in 11th position. Looking back from his car at the moment, the next car back is Harry Tinknell. Should be able to see him. He's not that... Uh, sorry, high stand is the number 11 car. He's in 5th position. Philip Eng is about 4 seconds further back. Now, I was talking earlier on about how clever the Ford is in terms of aero in real life, and it's modelled ex painfully exactingly in iRacing. Remember, I was talking about the vortex generator in the rear light. There's also almost a flying buttress on the outside of the car. And that's the camera that you're seeing on the left-hand side of the screen. And those blue LED lights, marker lights on those cars, are on an area that wouldn't be allowed on an LMP1 car because you're not allowed a wing profile that isn't a front or rear wing. But that flying buttress on the side of the car is a wing profile. It was designed like that. The car was designed as a race car and retro-engineered to a street car. And that's what clever 
out of the box thinking does for you. This was a car that was built for the wide open spaces of Le Mans and it went and won first time out. It should be well suited to here, but the best Ford at the moment is Richard Highstand, that number 11 car, and he's in fifth position at the moment ahead of a cracking battle between uh, Philip Eng and Nicky Katzberg. Um, I'm beginning to wonder, John, John because we got... we've now seen four races where uh, the Fords have started well and got bu- and had themselves bullied out of position. Yes. I'm just wondering whether they're more susceptible to the to the little taps and bangs than the other cars. Yeah, you know, perhaps they're just not as planted. Perhaps they, they, if you if you tap the rear of a Ford, it, it does more, or perhaps they they're well, on the edge more. They're, they're a less raceable car in company. Well, interestingly, in the real world, the rear diffuser of the Ford was one of the first cars. Everybody's got them now, uh, including even Porsche, because remember Porsche turned the engine and gearbox around to get the bigger rear diffuser but the Ford was the first one that had a diffuser out the back that looked like a school cycle shed you could you know (laughs) stand underneath it and not get wet in a thunderstorm to be honest Uh, and you know the joke always was right whose turn is it to take that off at turn one this week so we've all got a chance of winning you know and you might have a point there you might actually have a point Uh, on board with Robbie Foley that's the BMW engine you can hear in the background he is looking forward at Richard Westbrook and, and I think. as we look in this cockpit view just so you know uh, when, no, he's looking, off, when he looks at the, uh, the, the the instrument display all those zeros aren't zeros they're giving him information but that information will be valuable to other people in the race so it's blanked off for the onboard camera ah. but yes it's got he's got tire pressures tire temperatures he's got gears he's got he's got what level of traction control he's he's selected all sorts of information which he, many of which can be changed but just for the onboard, it's all zeroed, and all we can see is the things that are obvious, which is the gear and the revs. That's interesting. I bet they wish they could do that in real life. Ben Constantinus has been watching what's going on in other parts of the track and in the pit lane as well. What's caught your eye since the restart, Ben? I mean, following Aichang Gubin, just to see, because you mentioned that he got the fastest lap of the race the last uh, two laps ago. Uh, the next lap, into that he got right onto the tail of Nick Tandy he then ran a little bit wide dipped his wheel into the gravel and lost three tenths of a second the gap went back out to seven tenths of a second it's now less than half a second again and he is definitely the faster of the two Porsches here um, they, as I said a little bit earlier on Porsche were surprised about BMW's performance in the first couple of races uh, they have been a massive advocate of iRacing. They support and sponsor the World Championship of iRacing, where all the very best iRacers participate. Oh, Oh, and there's a Ferrari that's spun in front of Gubin. Gubin's collected him, and that's damage to the Turkish driver. That's Matt Griffin. Matt Griffin, the Irishman. And Gubin's charge to the front has been halted. Uh, By the way, Shin van Gisbergen started in 20th position. He's now up to 9th. So he is still very much in the fight here, only 15 seconds away from the lead. So Tandy is leading through. Oh, Matt just went wide. Oh, huge shunt from Aichang yeah, and he's got damage. Matt trying, yeah, Matt was trying to get out the way, and in getting out the way, he got on the grass and just lost it. It's one of those things where you kind of ju- you try and jump out the way of the leader. That's a big impact. He's gonna, it, it's how much damage has Aichang got? Is it going to be a second lap? Is it two seconds? Oh, it's a huge amount. Oh, that's such bad luck. And he's, he's dropping out Spengler gains again. Also, John, just whilst that was happening elsewhere, Kenton Cook has got past. He Look at the steering wheel on that car. Oh, steering's bent. Steering's bent. 
we're seeing it on the so even if we can't see external damage sometimes on the cars the modeling and the way the dynamics of the cars work the driver will be feeling that now we're seeing it on the onboard camera with the steering not being straight that will translate exactly to Ayachan's rig back at home he's getting out the way we can see some panel damage on the front and the right front of that Porsche because what we can't see is the damage to the steering arms and the suspension that has been sustained by that heavy impact to the Risi Competizione Ferrari poor Matt Griffin go ahead Ben I'm watching the chat with uh, Maximilian Beneke who is here to help Porsche uh, win this race and uh, uh, effectively throwing his hands up like an Italian with that move uh, and disconnecting out of the spectator server uh, such as his disgust at what has happened interestingly he's saying uh, on the chat that uh, he doesn't understand about the blue flag rule I think these drivers have been told uh, to get out of the way after we saw so much issue in the first couple of races with back markers yeah. they've been told to get out of the way Matt Griffin was trying to get out of the way and actually got too much out of the way and lost the car yeah because that's a really good point Ben because the, the, the way it's supposed to be is that the faster driver is the one who goes offline the slower driver stays online perhaps slows down a bit but then the, the, the faster driver the lapping driver goes offline to get past if you're jumping out of the way that's when confusion can happen unfortunately with, with Matt he went off the track and spun so uh yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I mean, the, the, there is a very... Obviously, we see the accident, we see a smash, we see panel damage, but it is modelled down to the, to, the, uh, to the suspension. I had a very minor knock in a race a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, why is my steering completely off? When I rewound it, I saw the car had actually broken my rear toe arm, which ah. is modelled as well, which is very annoying, I can tell you, on a light impact. Uh, Guven in the pits. He'll use his fast repair, but that's his chance of a decent result gone. A couple of Ferraris having a scrap further down the field. The 82 is Joel Miller, and he's got Jeff Siegel behind him. Uh, the 82 is the Michelin car. And coming down through the far side of the circuit, that's a turn three, now onto the middle straight, if you will. And... Hearing there's been another Porsche incident. That's Lawrence Vanto. And he comes through the final corner and loses it. Oh, no, that's... Yes, it is the final corner. And as he... Oh, why didn't you put the foot on the brake? He's held it there. Now get reverse. Come on, Lawrence. Come on, Lawrence. Oh, I don't believe what he's just done. Westy just missed him. Oh, but who's that? That's the 19 Porsche. That is uh, Parker Chase. Oh, all from the avoidance. And he goes straight into the pit lane. How did Richard Westbrook miss Lawrence Fanto in that Ford? Meantime, still the battle of the Ferraris, 27th and 28th. The Michelin and the Hublot livery cars nice to see that uh, Michelin livery that's another Andy Blackmore Champ championship, championship leader Nicky Katzberg's had a bad lap he's dropped back two Ooh, third yes. positions to ninth with Van Gisburn and uh, Shinya Michimi have both gone past him so he's now ninth place Katzberg second place Spender in the championship battle now this is Westy coming to the final corner there's Mayhem going on ahead with Lawrence Vanter he's about to 
come out through the track. He can't see him because of the ear. Yes, oh my goodness me! And Parker Chase was just taking the avoiding action. Westy has the reflexes of a cat on energy drink. That was extraordinary. A younger man. Of a younger. Once again, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna volunteer you for the diplomatic service, Constantinus. Let's take a look at this in slow mo. There goes the Porsche off the track. Which way do I go? Oh, I'm going that way. Do you know what? Vanto was even still sliding back towards the middle of the road. There, there's already damage on Westy's car. If if I can set Ben a task, there's been some big comings together around the sixth to eleventh position. Van Gisbergen's down to sixteenth. Yep. Katzberg's eleventh. Tignall's swapped around something's happened there and we have Mishimi now in seventh there's been a big scuffle in that seven eight nine turn left position and a big loser is Van Gisberg and the small loser is Nicky Katzberg just before we took yes, a, another look at the uh, Westie incident uh, Shinya was right up alongside now who would that have been I think that might have been Van Gisberg and that he was dropped down yeah uh, yeah, and, uh so he so 86 and 97, I reckon, were pretty close together. And we'll get a replay of that in a moment. Meantime, uh, at the front of the field, Spengler hasn't lost the sight of Nick Tandy. Right, what happened? I saw Shinyet making down the inside, a little bit wide Ooh. from Van Gisberg, and he defends down the hill to turn three. Oh, and Shinya nails him. Absolutely nails him. Van Gies goes off, SVG's off, and then I think there was still more to come behind that. Robbie Foley has moved up a position. Mishimi and Felipe as well, of course. And Van Giesbergen, who had charged up to ninth position, having restarted after the competition caution in 20th. Sunshine beginning to come out all around the circuit now as Nick Tandy has a 1.2 second lead with under 13 minutes to go now our Porsche well, keys John, to the go ahead Ben come down a lot whilst you were watching that uh, accident Conor de Filippi did get into the back of Harry Tinknell and turned Harry Tinknell sideways actually delayed Conor de Filippi as well and that's why Shinji Mishimi managed to make up progress and up into seventh right okay, and also that lead that Tandy had came down by about two and a half to three seconds Spengler was four and a bit back and now it's down to 1.7 so something's happened there uh, we don't have a last lap time for Nick Tandy, so Nick had a, had a slight issue in that last lap and lost two and a half seconds. May have just been uh, traffic, of course. We're going to have to keep an eye. Remember, four new tyres for Tandy at his one-stop. Spengler gambled just the left sides on the BMW. John Edwards has dropped five seconds further back, and he's got close company from Richard Heidstand for the last spot on the podium. Porsche, BMW, BMW. Then it's Ford. And Kenton Cook... Another great drive back to fifth position. And he has been batted like a haddock on a Friday night in a chip shop. <laughs> well, he it's was, he unbelievable. Got turn, he got as far as turn five before he was punted off and smacked by two other cars. And he's, he's got himself back, you know, just what, uh, 36 laps and uh, 10 corners later, he's got himself back to fifth. If only he could get going at the early part of the race. 35th he dropped down to and he's run as high as 4th currently sits in 5th position and ahead of him 
Richard Heistan, John Edwards are having a cracking battle and they're slowing each other up and he's right onto them. In there as well, the 71 of Matt Bell, he's lapped now in the uh, Rebel Rock Racing BMW and Edwards and Highstand carving their way through traffic as the shadows are getting longer late into the afternoon uh, Road America time a bit wide there from Matt Bell as this battle for the third spot on the podium continues through turn number seven love that corner turn it in hook the inside with the right front wheel and then get on the throttle the moment you turned in you've got to be on the throttle and going through there in fourth so we've got a problem for Harry Tinknell now this was at turn six a few moments ago and he is sideways getting pushed I think so. I think so, yeah. I think that was that was a little nudge, or maybe a net code nudge. But he certainly was helped off. It wasn't uh, that wasn't him just spinning it. Again, though. That would have been that would have been Nicky Katzberg, I think, the BMW behind him. Yeah, I agree. Forley now having a look at Conor de Filippi, two BMWs side by side coming to Canada corner. The inside, the red car has the line as they go into the right hander. Now round the outside, kicking. How much dirt is there on the outside there on that? black tarmac curb now coming to the final corner the right hander up the hill Robbie Forley in fourth position uh, sorry in ninth position he's been as high as fourth looking at eighth right ahead of him Conor de Filippi Shinji Mishimi in seventh Philip Eng in sixth Kenton Cook fifth Richard Highstand battling with John Edwards fourth and third Spengler back out to 1.8 seconds behind Nick Tandy who still leads that's your master race rundown with now just under 10 minutes to go. Where's your money, gentlemen? Ben Constantinus. Can Spengler catch the leader? No, definitely not. Not with just two tyres on his car. John Edwards is the same. They both don't have the grip to get to the end of this race. Nick has got better tyres. So mixing the pound seat, the question for me is what about the Fords behind? Here comes High Stand. Goes to the long way around. Tries to go Buffalo Gals into turn number five. Didn't get around the outside. Under the core... Vet Bridge into six. Again, you're turning in without really being able to see the centre, the apex of the corner. Now to seven. Absolutely flat. Flat changed up at the apex there. Highstand knows he's got a grip advantage on John Edwards ahead of him. That's third place. That's a step on the podium for the Ford driver. That car's not immaculate. It's got some damage on the front. And John Edwards, Nick Damon, is going to have to drive very defensively for the last... 18 minutes and Kenton Cook is coming as well and Cook is coming and dragging Philip Eng with him is he no Eng's a little bit no Eng is there yeah Eng is there with Kenton Cook so they're coming to catch this battle for third Edwards has got an uncomfortable last eight minutes I think Spengler is very safe in second and, and if Tandy makes a mistake he'll get the win the question I'm asking myself is how much further can Nicky Katzberg get up the field he's in 10th but at the back of a train of cars that take, could take him as far as 6th and he needs to get as much uh, up as possible because currently he's, he's, he's hemorrhaging points in the championship battle to his teammate Bruno Spengler Shinji Bishemi puts his best lap of the race in 2.017 and that's as quick as anybody only Spengler and 
uh, Nick Tandy quicker than him last time around. And those two are first and second, or should I say second and first, that we mentioned them. Down into turn one, high stand. And again, John Edwards just puts his car in the Oof. middle of the road. But it's not the ideal line. It's not the optimum. It's slowing them both down. And Cook and... Philip Enger coming round the outside again from high stand. Now he's on the dirt and he's had to lift off. And this is the opportunity for Kenton Cook. He'll get a draft from the Ford. And what about the red and white BMW? To the right-hand side of the circuit, on the middle straight. Kenton Cook. Oh, those two folds, as you might imagine, very evenly matched. Into the breaking area for five. Kenton's got the run round the outside. Can he tough it out? And here comes Eng. Eng's going to put himself between Whoa. the two forwards. Threads the eye of the needle. Goes up two positions. But has to give best to Highstand. Almost got from sixth to fourth there in one fell swoop. But had to drop back into fifth. But Kenton Cook so difficult to attack and defend at the same time. And has to give best. But he will get another chance, I'm sure, because John Edwards... Is the cork in the bottle here, Ben? And he, in third position at the moment, has got a breathing space at the moment, but he's got six more minutes to go, and that is going to be three laps at an absolute minimum, Ben. Yeah, Philip Eng is one of the fastest men on the circuit right now, in traffic as well. Uh, in the 2.013s, the two guys ahead of him, 2.02s, John Edwards is really uh, over a second slower than Nick Tandy right now, and uh, was very, he's driving incredibly defensive. And he can do that for five, six minutes. I think that's possible. To try and do that for an hour and a half, impossible. But right now, he's only got a couple of more laps to hold on. It's Ben Concert with Nick Damon and me, John Hindhoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. And this is really hotting up again. Nick Tandy, two and a half seconds to the good from Bruno Spengler, the man of the season so far. Let's have a look at the gap. Tandy through, turn number one, goes over the top of the rise, through the little kink of two and down to three. Where Spengler? What does two and a half seconds look like? It's about 15 cars length, maybe a little bit less than that. They're both on the back or the middle straight together. John Edwards is a further 7.3 seconds behind. And at the moment... It's two and a half to three tenths the advantage that Tandy has got over Spengler. But John Edwards is really losing out in the corners. He's quick down the straights in that BMW. Huge dive down the inside to five. Ooh. And there's a touch. There's a touch. High stand hits the back of the BMW of John Edwards. He had to break early. Only two tyres at the one pit stop there. And through goes Eng. Eng's through. And that's Eng on the podium. Philip Eng in the Team Austria car, the red and white 26, on the podium again. That was precipitated by high stand coming from a long, long way back, Nick Damon. But he must have felt he had the grip. And I feel a little bit sorry for John Edwards, but he was fighting a rear guard battle. Well, both Kenton and uh, Kenton Cook and uh, high stand were obviously feeling they were better with their Fords on the brakes and the two BMWs, but realistically, you know, Highstand has committed a bit of a foul. They'll get away with it, but uh, you know, the stewards will be looking at that one, I think, because it is a punt off. How far back did he come? Oh, but no, the BMW moves in the braking area. That wasn't yeah, the squirmed. racing line. It that, squirmed. That he's, still got, he's still got rear-ended a, a good 15, well, 10, 15 mile an hour difference in speed. Oh, oh massive accident in the background there. Kenton Cook. That was and, Kenton uh, Cook. Kenton Cook, Cook, Cook is off again. And he, was that high stand again yep, getting involved? And here comes Mashimi. Mashimi round the outside will be the one 
who takes fourth position and does so and high stands heading to the pit lane i think he's got suspension damage and that was through the fastest part of the circuit through the kink and there was literally no room to recover for kenton cook man who now makes his home in north carolina oh well let's have a look well kenton has a look down the inside he's alongside comes into the braking area for canada corner still alongside still alongside oh high stand moved across on him no he he came he was he wasn't alongside realistically he should have backed out of that one and i think that wasn't the line nick that's not the line you want to be as far across to the right as you possibly can why does high stand yeah and also Remember, Heistan would have still be getting a notification from the virtual spotter. Correct. There was a car there. He would know that. So that was a bit naughty. Yeah. You wouldn't do... Well, mm. I, I, I don't think you'd get away with that in real life. He needed to be across to the right to take as much speed through the next not, left hand. I'm not sure what they've made Kenton's car out of, but uh, it's still running, and it's running in sixth. I mean, it, 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 Unobtainium. By every single thing possible, but it's right. Kenton, surviving Kenton, time. Kenton gets a great run through the kink, and that's where he has the advantage. He's alongside coming at the braking area for Canada Corner. Now, at this point, High Stand's exit is compromised, and he needs to be all the way across to the no, right, and no, he's not. That's... No, it's Kenton. Kenton has effectively pushed him round. He was, it was, I'm sorry, but that to me is Kenton. We, we have a long chat, but I think that in that situation, Kenton should just just the out. throttle and come back again because you know I don't. I didn't see Highstand changing a line at any point there. Yeah. Okay. You guys are more experienced in this than I am. I've got to tell you, but I, <laughs> I think if I'd been Highstand, I'd been further across. Uh, look at the time on the top left. And the clock says 1 minute 26 seconds, which means that our 90 minutes will run out on this lap, which makes this the last lap. So the the gamble paid off for Bruno Spengler because he had no performance at the the start of the race and he's going to pick up P2. Well, what what he's done there, he saved his right-hand side tyres and as you say uh, he's made the best of a bad job, Ben, hasn't he? Um, the BMWs weren't all conquering and qualifying as we've seen in the past. Once again, Rodrigo Fluger proved the best of the qualifiers. He keeps the car on track and he gets a good lap. Couldn't translate that. He's been bounced around. He's running in 13th at the moment behind a recovering Shane Van Gisbergen. But what about this for Porsche? 36 seconds left on the tra- on the clock. Really should have had two cars there. Aichan Guven. Unfortunately caught up in a spinning Ferrari with Matt Griffin trying to get out the way of the leader as he was being lapped and lost the car at Bill Mitchell turn. The penultimate corner on the track. Spengler second. Philip Eng has done it again. He's carved his way through the field into third and he's three and a half seconds ahead of a very fast finishing Shinji Mishimi. John Edwards will probably about hold on to fifth. Then it's going to be Kenton in sixth. Robbie Foley in seventh. Conor de Filippi, as the white flag is confirmed, is in eighth. Nicky Katzberg in ninth. And AJ Allmendinger in tenth. So lots of BMW drivers there. But the position that counts goes to a man who is Porsche through and through these days. 
the man that started his career in racing on the short track ovals here in Northamptonshire, which is where I'm talking to you from. It's Porsche that wins at Road America. BMW second. Tandy takes it by just about three seconds from Spengler. That's great news for Spengler's championship. And the red and white BMW Team Austria car comes through in third. That is a great win for Tandy. It's great tactics for Spengler. Eng in third. Two beamers on the podium behind their arch rivals, Porsche. Tandy's car, pristine. Not a scratch on it. There's a little bit of tyre debris. Uh, now, Foley's going to come through in fourth. Then it's Felipe. We'll give you the rundown in a moment. Nick Tandy down at turn five. That's the traditional place for a few donuts. Well, Tandy, you could have done better than that, mate. That was uh, yeah. I think uh, thing was he he'd be looking for the button to turn the traction control off, and that isn't necessarily easy to hand. Stop. Let's <laughs> not even let's not even go there. Absolutely not even go there. No, no, it's allowed. It's allowed. TC, it's fine. Right. Tandy from Spengler and Eng, that's your top three. There is your podium then at the WeatherTech Presents IMSA Racing, iRacing at Road America. Mashimi just off the podium in fourth. Good uh, last third of the race for him. John Edwards, he'll count himself unlucky. He was sitting in third when he was uh, unceremoniously turfed out of that. Kenton Cook up, down. And round and round at some stages. Finishes in the top six ahead of Robbie Foley, Conor De Filippi, Nicky Katzberg. Look at all the BMWs there. Six BMWs in the top ten. The other three positions are Porsches. Porsche back in the game with AJ Allmendinger. His best result of the iRacing season so far in this IMSA Pro Series in tenth. Kalmason just outside the top ten. Van Gisbergen was on a charge up from 20th to 9th when disaster struck him. Uh, after the restart, then Tinknell, Fluker, the pole sitter in 14th. Another bad second half of the race for Rodrigo. Not sure what he does in his pit stops, but it's not working for him. Then it's Richard Westbrook for Ford, BMW and Tristan Vautier, Daniel Morad, Corey Lewis, Jesse Cron and Richard Highstand uh, after his shenanigans <laughs> finishes in 20th. Lawrence Vantour is 21st, Roman De Angelis 22nd, then Misha Goitberg, Earl Bamba, his opening uh, of his account inside the top half and that's exactly how Nick Tandy started a couple of races ago ahead of Joel Miller, Townsend Bell, Robert Wiggins in 27th, then Jeff Siegel for Ferrari, Augustin Canapino didn't get the rub of the green, he was caught up in a someone else's accident wasn't he, a turn 5, Parker Chase makes up the top 30 then Matt Griffin off the lead and uh, really, unfortunately, getting involved in that battle for the lead. Not his fault, I don't think. He was getting out of the way. Then Riley Dickinson uh, for Porsche. Matt Bell for uh, BMW. I still want to say uh, for for Camaro. Ayachan Guven, not his day today. Really bad luck for the young Turk. Ben Keating, Tristan Nunes. Well, welcome to the big leagues, guys. That was a baptism of fire for both of those guys making their debut in the uh, IMSA iRacing Series. Prio has still got no luck. Jack Hawks with Colin Brown, Mirko Bortolotti in the top 40. Beyond that, everybody had problems. You can see by how many laps they are down. Philip Minaza, Bomarito, Michael de Caserta, uh, Dylan Murray, Alessandro Balzan, 29 laps 
off the lead. Uh, Philip Albuquerque, even worse for him. Aaron Tellitz only did Tellitz only did a couple of laps, and Will Hardeman didn't get to the start of the race. So that is round number four. And welcome to Michelin Post Race Tech as we head into our opportunity to speak to drivers. Let's have some thoughts. And whilst I'm waiting for the drivers, uh, first of all, Ben Constant-Juris, what do you make of that? Tactics and speed. Our Porsche keys to the race were about the fuel and the tyres. That was the last couple of things we talked about. Well, Porsche got it pretty well. BMW, perhaps not with the flat-out speed that we thought would be a key, they actually played the strategy game pretty well to get Spengler into second. Uh, and not just Spengler into second, but anybody who took those two tyres did really well out of it because uh, John Edwards finished fifth and Shinji Mishimi finished in fourth position. So that was the strategy as long as you could make it work for yourself, knowing that the uh, caution would come and concertina up the field. So if you pitted close to that, then you wouldn't lose too much. You wouldn't you wouldn't lose the massive uh, gap that you might have lost in the first half of the race. And it's a really interesting strategy to, to look forward to as we move forward with this series because uh, it plays well not to waste too much of your energy in the first half of the race before that caution. Uh, you bend it, you bought it. That was another one. Uh, it seems that that applies to everybody apart from Kenton Cook, Nick Dearman. <laughs> that car yes. didn't have a straight panel on it by the time it got back. He has made that out of something incredibly tough. I think, yeah, the, the, the two things you take away from this is this fantastic performance by Nick Tandy. But you sit there going, what is it about the Fords that mean they can't run the second half of the race, either because they've broken down or because they've hit each other? It's my, almost like these cars are unraceable to the same level as the Porsches and the BMWs. And perhaps I'm going to sit down and work out, is our setup too nervous to allow it to be raced in close proximity? Uh, let's head to our Michelin Porsche Race Tech driver interviews and with a bit of luck, Nick Tandy, who I was going to say is only a stone throw away. I'd have to have a canny arm uh, to hit Nick down in Bedfordshire from where I am in Northamptonshire. Uh, Nick, welcome to the uh, Michelin Post Race Tech area and to the Haggerty Broadcast booth. Uh, well, about time, mate. You know, the Porsches had a, had a decent run this time. Well done. Congratulations. What won that for you? Was that speed or tactics or a bit of both? Uh, thanks, John. <laughs> I think uh, there was a bit of motivation to get to bed, to be honest. Um, no, it's, it was really good because we've been working hard as, um, you know, as a, a team as such. Um, and we were putting a lot of practice in. We didn't really have a great start to the eSports series. But... Uh, yeah, it's all paid off. A real shame that uh, my teammate Jan didn't manage to back us up. And the most interesting part for me was I, I started having a few net codes and complete screen freezes towards the oh. end. So um, I, I hope it wasn't your dodgy North Bedfordshire uh, internet, John. Uh, we're taking all the bandwidth, Nick. Yeah, that's probably that's probably it. Were you aware that the BMWs behind you had only taken two tyres? Uh, and, and, and if so, did that make that outlap and the first few laps when they were close to you after the restart, did that make that super important for you to stay ahead? 
Um, I mean, we knew. I knew we got. They got two tires, um, and I don't know what happened to the to the Ford. But uh, it, when when we came out in, the, in first and second, and we'd got four tires, uh, unfortunately, we managed between us to mess the restart up. <laughs> But uh, we uh, luckily we got ahead, yeah, and we wanted to pull a gap, try and break the toe, because it's super powerful around uh, Road America, like in, you know, when we go racing for real. Um, so, yeah, having a bimmer in your slipstream up up the up the drag up the hill is not not the thing we wanted. Um, yeah, and then past that, it was just a case of trying to keep it clean. I managed to have a little half spin whilst I was not paying attention, but. Uh, this is this is all part of the game. I'm just really pleased that I've we've managed to get a decent result and some sort of airtime for the for the people that have actually been helping me and Lawrence and, and Chan and, and and all of us. So yeah, thanks a lot to everyone. Uh, did I hear right that uh, Maxi Beneke has been helping the Porsche guys out? 10K Beneke, as we call him, because of his eye racing. Uh, Max, no. There's been a few famous faces from the sim racing world helping us, and um, luckily I've made friends with um, one of the best sim drivers in the world, Josh Rogers, ah. who was kind of coaching me through today. So, uh, yeah, massive shout out to Josh, and, and and thanks a lot for all his help calming me down and telling me just to keep it straight when I had these when these these freezes. But uh, yeah. All good in the end. We like to win, John, you know. Nick, when you came back into this just a couple of races ago, you said you'd be happy to be in uh, the in the top half, and then you managed to get up into the, the top ten. And it's been a while since you've done any competitive uh, eye racing. Obviously, you've used sims in, in the past to, to learn circuits when you first went to the States. Has it perhaps even surprised you how quickly you've got back into it and how competitive you've uh, you've been given the the quality uh, of of these drivers around you in in this i racing uh, imsa event honestly no i think um, i was very disappointed with the first two rounds to be honest um, i mean uh, you clearly have to put in a lot of work um, it's, it's it's the same as any anything. If you don't put the hours in, the practice in, you're never going to be any good. So I think uh, we, I realized that quite early. And um, I've upgraded a few bits and pieces for my driving, which, is, which has helped. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be competitive. I remember telling you before, it's, I only enjoy the, the, the racing when you're competitive. So I enjoyed this one. It was good. Car looks good, mate, and not a scratch on it. There's a little bit of tyre debris, but other than that, you can put it on the truck and polish it the next time you, you get it out. Nick Tandy, Nick Tandy, well done, mate. We'll bring her out for VIR. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, Nick Tandy then joining us here in Michelin Post Race Tech in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Some final thoughts from my two core commentators, uh, Nick Damon uh, and... Ben Constantius. Nick, class act Tandy. He's only been back two races, but he's super competitive and he just wasn't happy with his, uh, with his performances at, uh, at the last couple of races. Hello, Being Nick. Professional... Oh, hello. Yes, sorry. I th- 
he already is just about the most professional driver in professional motorsports, having won from ovals to track and everything in between. Now he's led esports to it. Fantastic performance. And I think he, you know, he mentioned there's a huge amount of work that's been involved and there's been a huge amount of catch up because BMW hit the ground running with the whole yep. concept about making this professional uh, operation from you know, the engineers and the, and the experts. And now the other two factories have got to catch up. And as I said, though, the big work it needs to be done by Ford to make their car more raceable. Yeah, and I don't know what happens in the second half of the race, uh, to be honest. We're trying to get hold of Robert Wiggins uh, before we go uh, off the air. And we'll see if we can uh, grab another couple uh, of interviews uh, in the meanwhile. Uh, VIR, as Nick Tanney mentioned, uh, Virginia International Raceway is uh, the next stop on our tour. That's in a couple of of week's time. Just a reminder, Nick Tandy wins the race and I'm delighted to say that joining us in the Haggerty broadcast booth uh, is uh, Robert Wickens. Robert, that was a baptism of fire, my man. How did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was a baptism of something. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, honestly, I think... Uh, it went about what I was expecting. I, I knew I wasn't going to have the pace to really fight up front, but I was just trying to keep keep clean and, and try to stay out of trouble. And um, I can happily say that I did not spin on my own the entire race. Um, I don't think I went backwards the whole race either. It was more just crash avoidance the whole time. But we'll, uh, we'll keep plugging away. Um, it took me a long time to figure out how to drive one of these uh, Porsche RSRs. Um, so I've actually I've never driven um, I've never driven a touring car in iRacing before before this. So it uh, I'm new to the whole experience. It was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I can't thank FAF Motorsports and Motul for for letting me drive their car. Nice to see you back with FAF again as well. I had a had a, a relationship with them earlier on in your career. Uh, did you enjoy it enough that you want to come back and do some more IMSA racing, either in the virtual w- world or even better in real life when you, when you get back to driving? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm a competitive guy. So the, the thing that right now, the only way I can make it to the finish of one of these uh, virtual races is if I set like a target lap time for myself that I know is safe. Um but that kills me inside as a competitor because I want to keep pushing and try to find more grip and find more lap time and overtake people. And, you know, kind of, I feel like I want to get back to where I was. And this is just uh, the first step of, of many to, to getting back into the real thing. But um, I can't thank SimCraft enough for, for giving me this awesome simulator in my, in my basement um, because it's really, uh, it's passed a lot of time during this pandemic and it's, uh, I'm very grateful to have this down here. My my wife, maybe not so much, but <laughs> I've disconnected quite a bit over the last few weeks. But uh, Robert, I've know, got to ask been, you. It's been. Robert, got to ask you. A lot of people on Twitter asking about you using the brake bar effectively. It's not like an e-brake. I noticed it goes the opposite way when you're using it. Are you getting any feedback from that as well, as you as you would be able to do from a feedback steering wheel or a feedback set of pedals? Yeah, we're, we're getting there. Actually, I got the whole thing uh, sent back to SimCraft uh, between the last IndyCar race uh, and this one. So there was a week off in between, and uh, it actually broke. The, the weld broke because it's not designed to be using using it the way that we are. So 
Um, they've, SimCraft has made it a lot more robust. We've beefed it up. We've, it's gotten a lot more feeling. We changed the bump rubbers, a load cell, and you know, it, nice little padding on the on the lever because I was getting bruises from driving an indie car around Coda. But uh, no, it's 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 good. You know, I think everything is going to be such a moving target, and ultimately, I believe I need to get everything on the steering wheel uh, in the future, just because just reaction time of if something happens to get my hand off the, the steering wheel and onto the brake. You know, I felt really bad on the restart there after the yellow. It all bunched up just before the last corner, and I got to the back of Tandy and spun them, and I felt. I mean. Working with a German manufacturer with Mercedes for six years, you know, never touch another one of your manufactured cars. But, um, and especially like, I didn't know what Tandy was doing in the race. I know he's like a world-renowned driver, and I was just like, I'm going to stay behind him, and hopefully, I can learn something. And then I took him out before I got the chance to. Uh, Robert, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's great to see the smile on your face again. You lost none of the competitive edge. Would love to see you back again. Be safe uh, and uh, look after yourself, won't you? Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Robert Wiggins then joining us here in the Haggerty Broadcast Centre. Great run for him in the number nine FAF Motorsport Motul Porsche. Thanks very much to Ben Constant-Juris. And to Nick Damon, my two core commentators, we'll wind up Michelin Post Race Tech now with a reminder that in a couple of weeks' time, we're at VIR doing all again with another 50-car field. Uh, we'll be back on Saturday for something a bit different, uh, not the Eurovision Song Contest, but something very close to it on RS1 at 8 o'clock UK time. And then Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, it's Midweek Motorsport. And then two weeks' time, back in sound and vision for another IMSA iRacing Pro Series event. Thanks to the guys in Boston. I'm John Hindoff. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.